We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Now, I'd encourage all of you to check out Brian's website to learn a little bit more about Brian and the team, Decker Retirement Planning. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And of course, Brian has been featured in all the things you can think of. Wall Street Journal, you can go on and on and all these places. So Brian's a big deal. Is that fair to say, Brian, you're a big deal? Very big deal. What did, would your wife agree with that? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I figured, yes. But on the website, there's a lot of great information about the company, what they do, and, of course, the great team that Brian has assembled to help the clients at Decker Retirement retire to the best situation they can. You know, all of us have different situations. We all have different hopes and dreams for our retirement. We have different income needs. We have, you know, some people want to travel. Some want to get an RV and just travel the country. Some want to stay at home, watch grandkids play in their high school sports or whatever it is, or play golf. Everybody has different hopes and aspirations, Brian and the team are here to help you. They don't know if they can help till you give them a call. That's why we always give you the number every week on this program. And there's no cost. There's no pressure. There's no obligation when you take Brian up on this opportunity to chat about your situation with the team at Decker Retirement. There's It's 833-707-3030. And we'll give you that number throughout the program. 833-707-3030. And of course, again, the retirement, uh, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com website. You can check that out as well. Now, today we're going to talk about an area of the really retirement planning, right? There's income planning, there's investment strategies, tax efficient strategies, healthcare and long-term care. What about social security? It's in the income part. What about Medicare? It's in the healthcare part. Well, the the fifth part of this retirement plan is, is legacy and estate planning. Now, when we get into estate planning, I think people like me, you know, they work in radio, don't work in the financial world, work in radio and go look. Brian, I don't have enough money to even worry about an estate plan. Is that one of the biggest challenges? That Because it is important to have that legacy plan, that estate plan. Do some people go, I don't even make enough. I don't have enough to even have that. And I know you can counter that with what? How do you counter that, that I don't have enough money to have an estate plan? Um, I would counter it that it's priority one is not about the size of your estate. It's about making sure if you do have children or beneficiaries listed, that they're still going to talk to each other after you and your significant other or your spouse is gone. Um, I am not an attorney. I can't give legal advice, but I am a fiduciary to our clients. And I will tell you where the train wrecks are and where problems have, uh, have cropped up in boilerplate language in the estate documents. We're going to talk about will, power of attorney, living will, and trust documents, and where there's major landmines that cause people to never speak to each other again. Yeah, and there's certainly a lot of examples. Uh, Aretha Franklin, I think she had a 60 or $80 million estate and had like four different wills. And the kids find them, and then it was like, well, I like this one. No, I like this one. And it just created a headache for the family. Prince, with his $200 million plus estate, no uh, will or estate or trust or any, had nothing in place. So the lawyers, I suppose, enjoy that, but the family does not. So my thinking is this, kind of what you said, Brian, if you love your family, take the time to create 
the, the estate plan, the will, the trust, whatever you need, because everybody's situation is different. Some only need a will. Uh, some need the trust world. It, it, we're different in that area. But if you love your family, get this taken care of because you never know what's going to happen and when it could happen. And if you hate your family, don't do it because you'll have them <laughs> fighting, right? <laughs> okay, well, let's jump in. Yeah, um, let's. Let's start with the, what do you want to start with? The will? Because I think that's what most people think about when you think of an estate plan. I need a will. And then you'll slide into there maybe the living will. What's the difference between the two? So there you go. It's in your court. Let's talk about the will. Of the four documents, will, power of attorney, living will, and trust, the will, in my opinion, is the least important because of the provision that has to be in there uh, to, to, to really make it all work. So the will talks about your residuary estate. You have three parts to your estate. You have your retirement accounts that are not part of the typical will and trust. Retirement accounts like your IRA, 401k, 403b, they have specific beneficiaries attached to them and they pass separate from your will and trust that are distribution documents. So on that in that vein, though, you might point out that not every single client you've ever had at Decker Retirement Planning had their beneficiaries up to date. Oh, that's a good point. And that's one thing that we do right away. So when we set up their uh, new IRAs, Roth IRAs, SEP IRAs, whatever their retirement accounts, we make sure that they have their beneficiaries updated. That's very important. That's a great point, Mark. Um, but on uh, there's three parts to your estate. One is your retirement accounts that pass independent of what's written on the will and in your trust. Those beneficiary designations are separate. The second part of your estate is what's in your trust. So your trust usually has two key items that at least two key items that are in the trust. One is your house and any real estate. And the second is any of your joint account or trust investment accounts. Those investments that are held in trust, usually there's a bank account that's held in trust. So you've got your um, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, and cash accounts that are in the trust. And the third part is your will, the residuary estate is the overflow, the extra. And this is your, typically your cars, your jewelry, your artwork, your, all your stuff, all the extra stuff outside of the house, outside of the investment accounts, outside of your IRA and retirement accounts, all that extra stuff goes in the will. So that's what the will is controlling to pass. Now, this is very important. When we look at the will, we look at two things. Who do you want to be your, if, you've, if you're married or you have a significant other, that spouse is going to be your primary executor, that, that meaning that the assets flow, it shouldn't be this way, but assets stated that they flow to your spouse. That's not how it should be. This is key. So listeners, if you have a, a piece of paper handy, jot a note right here, check your will. If your will, let's say, Mark, I'll use you. Uh, let's say, Mark, your, your wife's name is Lucy. Mark, if your will says that all your residuary estate transfers to Lucy, you, th you have a trust and you think that you're avoiding probate, you're not because your will shouldn't give all your residuary estate to Lucy. It should say all your residuary estate goes to the Mark and Lucy uh, Smith uh, trust. That's what it should say. That's called a pour over provision. And that is the most important thing, in my opinion, in the will to make sure that that pour over provision is in there. And in, I've, I've looked at 
many, many hundreds, probably thousands of wills. And uh, what's funny, Mark, is people will say, oh, won't find any trouble with these best attorneys in Seattle or Salt Lake or or uh, San Francisco have looked have put these together and uh, I'll open it up and I'll, I'll see that the will and half the time the pour over provision is not there. So this is a, a, a very significant key is making sure that you have a pour over provision where your residuary estate doesn't go to your spouse or significant other. It goes to the trust. It needs to go to the trust. So those are the two things that we look for in the will is one uh, succession on when your when your spouse is your or significant other is your co-executor, uh, not executor, uh, that if when you pass uh, your residuary estate is in the hands of it should be the trust. Who who is going to handle your residuary estate when both of you pass, and that's called the secondary or the successor executor, who's going to be the secondary? So let's you've got let's let's talk about succession for a second. It's not cut and dried. Let's say that you've got three kiddos. If you've got three kids, uh, sex doesn't matter, boy, girl doesn't matter. One is very left brain detailed. The other one's more artistic, um, more right brain, and the other is. I hate to say it, kind of out to lunch. You want to put the out to lunch guy or girl in the will because that person doesn't do anything. Um, with a pour over provision, you'll want to uh, spread the wealth and say that Johnny's in charge of the will. That'll make him or her feel good. Uh, but that person doesn't do anything on uh, as far as succession there on the will. So that's the will. And uh, next we'll go to the trust, but uh, I know you got a lot to get to in the trust. So let's let's continue on the will a little bit because that's kind of the typical. That what would you say is it fifty percent of the people a will would be sufficient, or is it a lower amount or a higher amount? Would you say? I would say fifteen to twenty percent that we see uh, just have a will and think yeah. that they're good because um, the will does go through probate, right? And that's what you're talking about. This other part of that. If the, if there's no trust, and let, let's talk about probate for a second. If, if there is a probate-friendly, if there is such a thing, a probate-friendly state, um, then no problem. But probate has an advantage in that it doesn't make it a public, uh, a, a matter of public record when your estate is probated, it's, it's uh, shut down and it's not able and open for dispute. You cannot... Um, I shouldn't say cannot. There's always a way, but right, there's always um, some little loophole somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you, your estate is now shut down. When you have assets flow, the door is shut. If you can picture that, um, when your will flows to the trust, the door is still wide open for corrections and edits and changes to the estate. Um, the estate hasn't been probated. But let me give you an example of a non-probate friendly state, the state of California. The state of California has probate officers that are incented almost by commission uh, to find as many assets as they can because they don't get a flat fee. They get a percentage of the total value of 
what can be probated. So they are incented to have that value be as high as possible because that helps their pay. So that would be an example of a probate unfriendly state that you'll want to make sure everyone, regardless of the size of, I hate to say everyone, but most everyone with the, regardless of the size of their estate, you want to avoid probate by having a will with a pour over provision and a trust to avoid probate. Because one of the challenges certainly is that if you don't have this plan, the state that you live in will have a plan. So like Louisiana is really strange, I think, because when you pass, if you, if I would pass and I had a wife and a child, say, for example, it would go 50-50 to the wife and the child. So all of a sudden now the child owns half the house and half of all the stuff. Every state has a plan. And typically, if you don't want the state to make these decisions for you, then you do it yourself. That's kind of the idea that we're talking about today. So we're going to get into trust. We're going to get into powers of attorney. What's the living will? How does that differ from just a, the will that, that Brian was talking about? And then how does this all fit in with the rest of your portfolio? It's super important. So here's the deal. If you, you're going, okay, this estate planning stuff, I need to do it. What if I get in a car wreck tomorrow and I have not done this? Will my family be okay? That's really one of the biggest questions. And that's why you do this, not when you're 90 years old, because I think I need a will, because I'm, I'm, I need a trust, because I think my time's about up. No, you do it probably when you're 30 or 40, and you keep adjusting and making it you know, more up to date and all of that. Because the challenge is, if you've been remarried and you had kids with a previous wife, for example, uh, you can certainly cause a lot of issues there. If everything goes to the new wife, and then that wife, once you pass, go, I don't care about those kids. I never liked them anyway. And they can shut them out. So there's a lot of moving parts in this world. Brian's going to dig deeper into this and kind of clear a lot of things up for you, I hope. But if you're going, man, I ought to really sit down and talk to the team at Decker Retirement about my estate plan. I'm not sure I've got everything up to date, and I don't know what he's really talking about on that will thing. What is that, the pour-over dog? I don't even know what that is. Well, this is a great opportunity to talk to the team about your situation. 833-707-3030. Again, no cost for this. The team's here to help. They just don't know if they can until they hear from you. 833-707-3030. We're talking estate planning today. We've talked about the will. We're going to get into the trust, the living will. We're going to get into powers of attorney and how it all fits together. All of that ahead. Stay with us. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Confused on when to take Social Security? Give Brian J. Decker a call at 833-707-3030. This is your captain speaking. We're expecting fair skies, a smooth flight, and about a... 85% chance or so of making it to our destination. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the rest of the flight. Would you stay on that plane? Of course not. Well, do you have a retirement plan where you probably won't run out of money? You need a plan that no matter the destination, you'll get through retirement confidently. Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning has been helping families retire for more than 35 years. He can design a plan to help you get to your destination as comfortably as possible, even if Wall Street or the economy causes some turbulence. Set up your visit with Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning to start working on your retirement plan. 833 Get a plan designed to allow you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the retirement you've worked so hard for. 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services. Decker Retirement Planning, Inc. is a registered investment advisor in the state of Utah. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, Drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. 
Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Brian has over 35 years of experience of asset management, has worked for several major brokerage firms. He's been operating under the fiduciary standard in the investment world since 1995. And you go, well, fiduciary standard, I've heard about, why do I care about that? Well, here's the deal. Brian and his team, they must make any decisions about your investments with your interest above their own. They are morally, legally, ethically binded uh, to do what is in the client's best interest. Not Brian's, not the, the firm's. It's about you. And that's really important. We're talking about investments. They can also help you in the insurance world, life insurance, annuities, all those kind of tools that we, we have. There's no, I don't know why Brian's been doing this. I just said he's been doing it for 35 years. Why have you not invented the magic tool for retirement? We have. You have? We have. We have. We put all the pieces together. Um, I know you put it all together, but there is no one tool that saves our oh, retirement. You're right. That right. doesn't exist. Right. So you got to go to the investment world. You got to go to the insurance world and you use the banking world and you create them all and you've got your perfect plan. That's why this is hard to be a do it yourself. You can do a lot of parts of this. It's hard to put the entire plan together. And that's what Brian and the team can help you do. 833-707-3030. We're talking about estate planning. So we're going to get into the trust. We're going to get into powers of attorney. And then we're going to talk about how estate planning fits in with everything else in your financial world. But you talked about the will. Let's go to a living will because I also hear that. So, hey, you need a will. Well, no, wait, you need a living will. What What do I need to know about this? What's a living will? How's it different than just a will? Living will and the healthcare directive are the same thing. It means that this is the pull the plug document. This is the document that you say, I don't want to be uh, uh, surviving as a, a vegetable hooked up to a machine. So you fill out this document and you're aggressive in saying no to artificial hydration and nutrition. And um, But there's three key things to make sure that are in your living will. And the first is pain medication. Make sure that th these are called comfort measures. Make sure that comfort measures are in your living will or healthcare directive. That's going to be very important. If not, you will suffer. Your, your end of days. And Terry Schiavo, do you remember that name, Mark, from Florida? That Gosh, this is over oh, 20 yeah. years ago. Was that the uh, wife that went into a coma and the husband said she wouldn't want to live like this? The parents said, yes, she would. I think she'll come out of it or something. It was a big battle. Yes, that's you have a great memory. And she suffered. She starved to death and it took it took uh, I think a couple of weeks. There were no pain meds in her healthcare directive and living will. So she suffered. Make sure number one, there's three things to to focus on here. Uh, make sure number one that your healthcare directive or your living will has pain medication or comfort measures. Even if quote, even if it prolongs uh, your life, you want to make sure that you don't suffer. The second is uh, succession. So usually spouses are primary agents to each other. So if one agent, uh, one spouse is hooked up to machines, the other spouse is going to be the, the agent to the other spouse. But when one spouse predeceases the other, who is secondary? You want to make sure that if you do have any kids with uh, any medical background, they have a big advantage. You want to make sure that your kids like you or they'll pull the plug um, <laughs> maybe too soon. A little sarcasm there. Right, right. But you want to make sure that you, you choose wisely that secondary agent. Some, if you've got two kids or more, you can have them be joint or co, co-secondary agents there. So don't think that you have to choose one. I've seen some with four or five kids where they're all co. Um, 
it's hard to get a, a unified decision. That's the risk when you put them all in there. But that's the first thing is succession. Second is uh, comfort measures. The third thing is, in my opinion, the most important thing on the living will and the healthcare directive, and that's the trigger clause or the activation clause. When does the living will healthcare directive kick in? Well, the way boilerplate language reads with most states is the doctors come to you or doctor singular comes to you and says, well, mom doesn't look too, I'm going to exaggerate this to make a point. Okay. And by the way, I, I'm not an attorney. I can't give legal advice, but I am a fiduciary. And I'm going to tell you the horror stories that we've seen with clients in doing this for 35 years. And this is one of them. Um, so let's say, Mark, your mother, your dear beloved mother is hooked up to a machine. Doc comes up to you and says, Mark, what do you want to do? Do you want to pull the plug? And that's, that's how most boilerplate documents are written. The doctor approaches you and asks what you want to do. And you say, well, she doesn't look too good, doc. Uh, what's, what does it look like? And what's your prognosis? Well, I, I think that um, her chances of coming out of this are very slim. No, we want very specific language from two doctors. We want to change the trigger clause or the activation clause to read two doctors, two medical physicians independently giving their opinion that mom or dad is kept, quote, kept alive artificially. That's what we want to know. Because, Mark, if you pull the plug on your mom and then a couple months later read the story about this smiling guy in the picture of the hospital, he uh, was in a coma for three months and came out and survived and he's going to live a healthy rest of his life. How are you going to feel? Yeah, I you wouldn't feel killed, good. You no. just killed your mom. Right, right. So make sure that that language is in there uh, in your living will and healthcare directive. That, that language is so important to have not one, but two physicians giving their medical expert advice that mom or dad is or isn't kept alive artificially. Now, with that information, Mark, you can make a, a clear headed, uh, non a guilt free decision to pull the plug on mom or dad. Without that, it's it's so unfair to put that on your children to pull the plug on mom or dad when you don't have it written that way. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad you clarified a living will because I've heard of, you know, I've heard of wills and I've heard of trust, but I've heard of a living will and I've heard of powers of attorney for healthcare and powers of attorney for finances. Basically, the living will is the power of attorney for healthcare, isn't it? Or is that different still? Um, it's it's very similar. So power of attorney healthcare gives you powers that include uh, what's uh, what's in the healthcare directive and living will. They can read like that. Some power of attorneys uh, combine finance and healthcare, but this the powers section of those documents tell how far how how much overlap you have into the living will or healthcare directive. Yeah. So I'm glad you cleared that up because <clears throat> there's certainly and and we don't have control over this which is why you need to do this like now, right? Uh, you might be in a car wreck. I've, I've got friends that have been in car wrecks. My daughter at 17, senior year of high school, in a car wreck, paralyzed from the waist down. She's now 20. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But you think about what if she had been in a coma and they're like, ooh, it doesn't look good. She's going to make it through. Well, that's not what it was. That wasn't the decision because there's just so many moving parts. What if you're in a, in a wreck and you are in that coma that Brian was talking about? You can't make the decisions, but you're going to be say, in the hospital for a while till we really know, well, the bills don't care. 
They want to be paid when they want to be paid. So you need somebody that's in charge of all that stuff for you. And you can't wait until something happens. You have to do this before. We want to be proactive in this area, not reactive. And when we're reactive, that means something bad has happened. And now we're making emotional decisions, which might not be the best decisions. And the decision we would have made, we're thinking clearly. So that's why this is so important. That's why we're spending the show talking about this estate planning and all these different levels. If you'd like to learn more, and say, hey, I need this. I need it now. 833-707-3030. I love my family. I don't want to put them through a lot of heartache, um, you know, unduly. I want them to be able to make the decisions that I'm comfortable with, but I need them to know what I'm comfortable with. 833-707-3030. And I would, assume, I would imagine this is a part of it, too, is having that conversation with the family. If you put somebody on your will or your living will to make these decisions, you want to make sure they know what you want to happen. I mean, you need to talk about it, don't you? Yes, definitely. Definitely. You've got, well, let's, let's, uh, this is a good point. How much do you want to share? You should share what their responsibilities are, and it should be very much a, um, an accolade. It should be taken as a compliment that you want Johnny or Sally to be your executor, your secondary agent, and what their responsibilities would be. But do not, please, please, please do not share the numbers in your estate because I had a, I had a good friend of mine in uh, Bellevue, Washington. His, uh, his mom and dad were very affluent, very smart guy, athletic, nice, good-looking guy, married well, had children, and he never finished college. I asked him about that. He said, well, pfft. I'm going to inherit millions. Why? I really don't need to work very hard. It's just a matter of time. And it was so, um, it was so awkward. Uh, he was looking forward to his parents passing for his own financial benefit, but at the same time, he loved his parents and uh, it ruined his life. He ended up uh, uh, getting hooked on drugs. He just kind of drifted. He lost his family. It's very sad, and I've seen that storyline happen more than once. So please make sure that you don't share the specifics, the size of your estate with your children. It creates a very – and I'll tell you another quick story. Uh, the children know that mom and dad have a $3 million estate. There's three kids, million each. They've already spent that money. They picked out their houses. Oh, mom passed away. Dad now needs to go into a nursing home. Well. That's dad's estate, dad's money, but no, not in the eyes of the kids. They don't want him spending all that money for long-term care at $10,000 a month. So they found a Medicaid place for dad. They found a really cheap place. It's horrible. I can tell you many, many stories where there is a warped relationship with the children and the parents once the parents divulge the size of the estate. Dr. Jekyll becomes Mr. Hyde. I've seen that way too many times. So when it comes to sharing with your children, share the responsibilities. Tell them that, uh, again, it's an honor to be chosen as a power of attorney or secondary um, trustee in the trust or secondary as an executor in, in the will. But you don't want to share the size of your estate. So, again, if you'd like to get started on this, going, man, this is something I need to take care of. I don't want to put my family in a really awkward position and one that, that might cause some infighting. I want to 
make my own decisions about where my stuff's going and to whom and how and all of that. 833-707-3030 is the number. Again, there's no cost for this chat. Team's here to help. Just don't know if they can until they hear your situation. 833-707-3030. And don't forget, Brian's been doing this for over 35 years. He's seen a lot. Some fantastic stories and some, like he's told us, not great stories, right? So it's about you taking the time to create this estate plan for yourself and your family. 833-707-3030. We're going to finish up on the powers of attorney. We're going to get into trust as well. Coming up, stay with us. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. If you're unsure of what your future in retirement looks like, give Brian a call at 833-707-3030. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. You can check out the website to learn more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And you can also, when you go check out and you want to learn more about Brian and the team at DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, you can also say, hey, I would love to get the free toolkit. Well, what's the toolkit? Well, Brian is the author of The Decker Approach. So you're going to get a copy of The Decker Approach book. You're going to get three principles book. What is a three principles book? That's foundational to how we build our financial planners. Principle number one, never draw income from from fluctuating accounts. If you do that, you will destroy your retirement plan. Number two is make sure that you know what each asset can do. For example, uh, the triangle, growth, liquid, or safe. There's no investment that does all three, but cash is liquid and safe. Stocks are liquid and grow. Uh, and CDs are, um, they grow and they're safe. So that's the second principle. And the third thing, make sure that each asset in your estate does what it's, uh, is labeled to do a specific mission for your uh, for, for your uh, plan. Right. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of your money? What's the purpose of this account or that account or that tool or this tool? Uh, so that's the three principles book that's included in the free toolkit. There's also a checklist challenge. Hey, By the way, you... on that checklist challenge, Mark, 42 different items. Go right down the checklist. It's awesome. Very I guess popular. if you can check them all, you can retire probably. Yep. Yep. But it's going to tell you where you might have a hole or two. And then our sample income plan, it shows you that a pie chart is not a retirement plan. It gives you a sample of what an actual retirement plan looks like. No matter how pretty the pie chart is? Nope. (laughs) Nope, that's not the actual uh, income plan. So the free toolkit, go to the website and just say, hey, I'd love to get it. And you'll give the information. They'll send it all to you. The DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, the Decker Approach Book the three principles book, the checklist challenge, and the sample income plan. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And if you go, you know what, I'm I'm tired of the internet. I want to actually talk to somebody. Well, call the team. You can do it right there. You can just call and ask. Hey, I'd love to get the toolkit. Uh, that is 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. What a great opportunity. There's no cost for this. There's no obligation just get in the toolkit. You're doing some of your own due diligence when it comes to your retirement. The Decker Approach Book, the Three Principles Book, Checklist Challenge, and a Sample Income Plan. All of that for you for absolutely no cost. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030. I'm Mark Kelly. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio. Brian is going through estate planning today. We've talked about wills and living will, and I didn't really know the difference. I've always thought there was a power of attorney for financial 
and a power of attorney for health care. And you said there is that. There is a power of attorney for health care, but a lot of times it's a living will. So power of attorney for finances, how does that differ? Still the same okay. scenarios where we have to create people to help us do all this? Yeah. So here the power of attorney is like Monty Python. You're not quite dead yet. You're still alive. And you need someone to run your estate while you're dis, uh, disabled or uh, incapacitated. Now, let so, me tell you my thought when you brought up Monty Python. It was the weak bladder race. <laughs> so they'd that run 20 feet and they'd have to go into the woods and come back. Yeah, it was hilarious. All right, go in. Sorry. That is a classic. I say it's a classic. My wife doesn't think it's a classic, but I think it ranks right up there with <laughs> Shakespeare and, and right. others. Absolutely. But the power of attorney document is something that um, there's three parts to this also. One is succession. Which of your children can run your estate? Which of your children do you want running your estate? Obviously, if you have one child uh, or if you have no children, which niece or nephew or which neighbor? If you have no children and no nieces and nephews, you can choose an attorney. You can choose a CPA. But they have to agree but the power of attorney, you choose who you want to run your estate while you're incapacitated. So succession is worth spending time on. Be careful who you choose. Number two, let's talk about compensation clauses. If these are children, compensation clause says something that is problematic. It says, quote, reasonable compensation is due the agent who is operating as your successor agent in your power of attorney. Now, obviously, if your primary spouses don't need to be compensated, you're paying yourself with money that you already have in your estate, that's silly. That's not going to happen. But we have seen huge abuses of the compensation clause because, Mark, what number f comes into mind when reasonable compensation uh, is mentioned? Reasonable, uh, five to 10 grand, not 100 grand or 200 grand or 300 grand or 500 grand. Well, we've seen checks written for uh, taking over an estate for six months of forty and 50000 That seems a little and, unreasonable to me. Yeah. Um, it's on the high side. And the problem it causes is even if Johnny never stroked himself a check for $40,000, the other kids say, hey, Mark, how much did you How much did you write yourself a check for? And even if you didn't, you're on the defensive. And the trust talks about, and we'll get to that in a second, equally dividing the estate. Well, now you, Mark, are way ahead by 40 grand because you wrote yourself a check. It's a problem. So being an agent with your parents' estate is an honor. And in, in most countries, they wouldn't think of taking compensation. But if you're hiring your CPA or your attorney, or someone outside the family where it's not an honor, it's a burden, you would need to, to have that compensation clause in there. But don't leave it wide open. Put a dollar amount in there per year. Don't, put, don't leave it wide open. So that's, that's the second thing is the compensation clause. The third is the most important, and that's the trigger clause. When is your power of attorney going to be triggered? Um, when is it activated? So let's talk about this. So that's kind of like you were talking about with the living will. What triggers that decision? Same kind of yep. scenario here. Yep. Um, so a lot of them, the most uh, easily the most uh, convenient is the one that my wife and I have. 
it's on signature. It's active on signature. So I don't have to go to any doctor. I don't have to get anyone's approval. It's active right now. That's the good news. The bad news is if my wife, Diane, and I had a bad marriage, legally, she has an activated power of attorney that when I get in her face and tell her that... Um, I'm going to play pickleball whether you like it or not. Yes, she can she can call me from Cabo next weekend and say, Brian, I've decided to move to Cabo. I've cleaned out all of your retirement accounts. And she legally could do that. So there's a two-edged sword with convenience uh, on signature. You better have a very good marriage. The other option that we see most of the time is when a doctor, your, your primary care physician activates it. We would strike that and have two doctors activate it for Alzheimer's or dementia. We strongly recommend that people change their trigger clause from two doctors to family counsel. That's a legal entity that uh, has, has been accepted in all 50 states where you can say as a family, no one knows Mark or Brian, myself, better than my family. No one does. So. Uh, they know when I'm slipping and they can decide unbeknownst to me that they're going to sign for the estate. So Diane, my wife would sign on transactions or tax preparation documents or whatever it is. Um, she would sign her name and then she would sign my name, comma, POA for Brian Decker. And you would make uh, sure there's a clause in there that says, oh, Brian's getting another car, Diane is not happy, that she can't use the family cancel at that point. That's not a sign of dementia or Alzheimer's because you've got another car, right? Yes, yes. I uh, I think that's a, a stroke of absolute genius. I hadn't thought of that, but that's an issue in my She family, might use so. that if you get, get another car. She might make her mad. I've wanted to have the Corvette, and she insists that a Corvette would come with an open shirt and a gold chain, and I try to insist no. that that won't happen. No, no, not at all. Got to enjoy it. And that's really what this is all about, is where you don't have all of these headaches when you're thinking about end of life. I mean, everybody's going to get to that point, but you want to have things in place so that you're not creating undue heartache for your family. Uh, it's because it's going to be an emotional situation anyway. When you're at an end of life period, whether it's your grandparents, your parents, a sibling, a friend, whatever it is, that is not the time to make decisions. That's an emotional time. And it's a very difficult time for probably the next year or more for some. It's a hard, hard situation. So that's why you do this while you're thinking clearly. And everybody else is thinking clearly, and we're on the same page. So you and your spouse go in, and you do all of this. You're thinking clearly. Uh, it's not under duress that you're doing these types of things. You do it ahead of time. You're proactive, not reactive. Again, the number is 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. Let's finish up on, the, on this part, because we're going to get into trust, and then how does this all fit in with our financial documents. Anything you want to add in this powers of attorney, living will, will do area have, do i have time for a quick story 30 seconds sure absolutely okay quick story husband and wife came in doing their planning with us arguing fighting bickering the whole time getting calls in between appointments wife saying i'm not sure i'm staying with this guy husband calling saying hey this marriage probably won't work out and we get to the very end we finish their plan and their power of attorney is active on signature and i had to tell them you need to change this right away. First thing you do is get this changed to two 
two doctors, not one doctor, your primary care physician probably died long ago, two doctors, leave it generic, two doctors, you can find two doctors anywhere in the world in an emergency room, two doctors generic, and they did. Um, by the way, they're still married. I don't. I think that's the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> so again, it's 833-707-3030 if you'd like to talk to Brian and the team at Decker Retirement about this. It's really important to get it done. And again, if you love your family, get this taken care of. If you hate them, that's a different, that's a different story altogether. Now, again, and I started this segment with the free toolkit, you can go to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com to get the free toolkit. Decker Approach Book, the book that Brian has authored, uh, the Three Principles book, the Checklist Challenge, and the Sample Income Plan. All free to you. Just call or go to the website to, to get this, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, or you call and say, hey, I'd love to get the free toolkit. Uh, Brian has been talking about it on the radio. I'd love to get it. I, I think it's a great way for me to kind of learn more about retirement and some of the things I need to, to think about. You can always call the team for that free toolkit. Just ask for it, 833 707 3030 833-707-3030. All right, we're headed to our final segment. We're going to get into the world of trust. This is a bigger world. We all need probably a will of some form. We need the powers of attorney, the living will, those types of things. We don't all need a trust, but do we? We're going to ask Brian about that when we come back. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Plan. Are you afraid you'll run out of money in retirement? Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030. From the pitch, swung at a little too soon. Strike three, you're out. To the joke told at the wrong time. To barely missing your connecting flight. This is the final boarding call for flight 109 to Chicago. Timing is everything, and the same can be true for your Social Security benefits. Take them too soon, and you could leave a lot of money on the table. Take them too late, and you might spend down too much of your savings. Everybody's situation can be different, but taking your Social Security benefits at the right time is important for your retirement success. Brian J. Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand Social Security and can help you make decisions that are best for you and your retirement dreams. Call Brian at 833-707-3030 to start optimizing your benefits. With Social Security, timing is everything, so don't delay. Call Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning today, 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Decker Retirement Planning, Inc. is a registered investment advisor in the state of Utah. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. You can find out more about Brian and the team just by going to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can go to that uh, website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com as well to get your free toolkit, uh, Decker Approach Book, Three Principles Book, a Checklist Challenge, and a Sample Income Plan, all available for, for you at no cost, no obligation. It's a great way for you to learn more about you and your retirement. The Decker Approach Book, Three Principles Book, Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And you can always call and say, hey, I'd love to get the free toolkit. How do I do it? Well, give us your address. We'll send it to you. Pretty simple. 833-707-3030. All right. We saved the biggest part of this for our final segment today. 
We're talking estate planning. We've talked wills. We've talked powers of attorney. We've talked living wills. Now we've got the world of trust, and there's a lot of different worlds. There's dynasty trust, miners trust. I guess who needs a trust? How do you decide that, hey, the people that we're sitting down with at Decker Retirement, you guys really need to think about going in and getting a trust, setting up a trust. Now, I've heard of people setting up a trust, and then they never put anything in it. I guess that doesn't serve a purpose either. Correct. So the trust is nice because when you die, the trust doesn't. It gives you plenty of time. There's no uh, end date. And you've got uh, successor trustees in place so that they're running the estate and distributing it. There's no time frame that it has to be done with without the trust. So convenience is an issue. Probate is an issue. Um, if you've got things in the trust that will be distributed, you don't have probate issues or you can easily avoid them or minimize probate, um, eliminate probate by having the trust. Lots of good reasons to have a trust regardless of the size of your estate. Um, I wish we had time to get into the life insurance trust that we use to minimize or zero out estate taxes, but we're going to just keep this uh, pretty simple. So on the trust, uh, the pour over provision in the will means that the residuary estate and the large assets of property, real estate, residence, uh, and investment accounts are in the trust. So in the trust, there's three issues, Mark. Uh, the first issue is who is the successor trustee? You better pick your smartest child because this is the biggest job of distributing the estate. So you can have one or you can have joint uh, people involved. Um, if there's trust issues among the siblings, it's good to have joint issues so that they can see that nothing is happening behind closed doors that they wouldn't approve of and they buy off on. Uh, you don't have to pick one. So the first discussion is, again, is on succession. The second discussion, which we talked about with power of attorneys, is um, making sure that you get rid of the compensation clause if you're dealing with children. If you've got nieces and nephews that um, are in there, you might, you might know that the, the uh, compensation clause causes issues about equally dividing the estate. So this is something that we recommend that you strike it unless you're using your CPA or your attorney. Uh, one comment here is uh, if you use a corporate trustee, uh, I want to warn you that corporate trustees will charge you 1%. The money management is all done by them. So they'll charge you two and a half percent or so. They'll gouge you on the fees. We don't recommend corporate trustees for that reason. Recommend that if you can try to use family first and then reach out to your CPA or your attorney. Uh, we strongly recommend because of fees and control uh, that you don't use a corporate trustee. But uh, the third thing, and this we've saved this for last, Mark, this is the number one reason that children don't talk to each other after their parents have passed away. There's language in the trust. It's under the tangible asset distribution section. Tangible assets are your house. Uh, typically, your cars are not in a trust. Why? Because you have to take them out of the trust to sell. It's a pain in the rear. So people usually don't put their cars in there. But usually the house is in there, the big assets, uh, the expensive things are in there. And the, dis the tangible distribution language says something that can't be done. Quote, it says, 
all tangible assets are to be equally divided. So imagine that you've got three kids, all piano players, and one Steinway. How can you possibly do that? Or worse, you have um, the oldest choose first. She says wisely, I'll take the house next. You can't divide tangible assets equally. And in fact, we'll be having pleasant conversations. And when we talk about how their estate was handled, their countenance becomes dark and they say it wasn't fair. And in fact, we haven't talked to um, our, our siblings in a long time, or it's a strained relationship because of how things were worded. We've recommended in working with attorneys, the three sentences go in there that have been very, very good. Number one, house and cars would be sold with proceeds equally divided. Number two, you refer to Appendix A for specific asset transfers. So Johnny wants dad's um, hunting equipment. Uh, Sally wants mom's wedding dress and wedding ring. Um, Typical things like that. So those specific asset transfers are listed in Appendix A. Number three, anything not on Appendix A is to be sold slash donated with proceeds equally divided and rights of first refusal apply. Let me give you a scenario that we see regularly. Three kids, one one of those kids doing very well, the other two school teachers or something like that. Mom and dad pass, the, the, very, the kids that are doing very well say, we can't sell mom's house. We have so many memories here. Now that's the biggest asset in, in their estate The other two siblings just sigh. They needed the money. They were counting on it. So it's unfair to not sell that unless you have it reworded like what we're suggesting here. Now the kids with the money can buy out the two that don't have the money. Thing A gets what they want. Thing B and thing C get the assets that they want. So it works out that way. That language has been very successful in rectifying a train wreck Uh, when it comes to sibling relationships after mom and dad have passed. Those are things with the trust. And there's some other trust that I want to mention very quickly. But Mark, um, let me give you one more thing on distributing assets. Let's say you've got one or two kids. You've got a $5 million estate. Are you going to really lump sum $5 million in in, uh, investable assets plus uh, a million-dollar house, $6 million on one or two kids? Because if you do, Google search the um, term lottery effect. The lottery effect says that three things will happen to your kids. Number one, their spouses will divorce them and take half. Thank you very much. We've been married 10, 15 years. Um, You got this inheritance. Uh, You've commingled the money. It's now uh, in uh, its joint property recognized by by the state. They take half, sayonara. Number two, you quit your job thinking you've got it made. Number three, you spend all the money within five years. I've seen this happen with $40 million coming to one individual. So I I just have seen Dr. Jekyll become Mr. Hyde. The way around this is to stagger the distributions so that even with five or 600,000 going to one kid, you may want to stagger the distributions so you can have one third due date of 
date of death, one third, five years later, and the final distribution, 10 years after date of death. They'll blow through the first distribution. They'll thank God in heaven that you were wise enough to give them two more chances to be wiser with those funds. So that's the staggered distribution language in distributing the estate to your trust beneficiaries. 833-707-3030. If you'd like to chat with the team at Decker Retirement about all of this, you can tell how serious it is, and the wording has got to be precise in the way you want it. Uh, and you, then you think of blended families. Boy, there's a lot of things you need to have down legally uh, so that things go to where you want them to go. If you leave it to your new spouse and for, and she doesn't like your old kids, you got some issues there. So there's a lot of things that are moving here in this area that we really need to get down on paper and do it the right way and do it the way that you need it for your specific situation. Brian and the team at Decker Retirement can certainly help walk you through that. But this is certainly the time to be proactive not reactive. 833-707-3030. All right, you've got a few minutes left here, and I know you wanted to get into the Dynasty Trust, the Miners Trust, so get after it. Okay. Um, first priority of what's left, you have a choice of spending $1,500 plus with an attorney to put these documents together, or you can go to LegalZoom or Willmaker. Those are two popular uh, sites where documents like your will, power attorney, living will, and trust can be, uh, uh, well, there's boilerplate documents that are there that you can customize to your own, kind of like um, how uh, TurboTax will walk you through uh, asking questions. And so as you ask questions, you can create your documents. Willmaker is $80 and you get a will for each one spouse. Uh, you get a power of attorney for each spouse. You get a living will for each spouse and you get a trust document all for $80. So you have options and these are um, prepared by attorneys, uh, boilerplate documents that you can use. So you have trusts on where to get your documents, point one. Point two, and Mark, I, I can't emphasize enough that when you're talking as families, I hope that you remove the in-laws. The in-laws are the ones that stir the pot. The in-laws are the ones that get involved and create problems when there should be none. Blood, have the estate planning meetings, if there are meetings, without the in-laws. And one more thing about in-laws. Let's say that, uh, Mark, you've got three kids, tragedy strikes. One of your uh, children, say that your son, Mike, um, has died and your daughter-in-law has two of your grandchildren, what do you do? Point number one, you are not in charge of your daughter-in-law's inheritance. Her parents are, but she has a valid point. Am I going to really raise these, uh, your grandkids on, on her own? That's where you can have minors trust so that if she's a spendthrift and you list her as the beneficiary of Mike's um, pro rata share, those funds, you know, will probably be spent not on your grandkids' college education, but on the pool guy and her remarriage and probably a nicer house. And your grandkids probably won't see much of that. So you can uh, rectify that by creating minors trust for your grandkids where the majority of those funds go list one of your other children as um, trustees of that trust. And now she has the benefit to dip into the trust for um, maintenance. Um, but any of the big bills 
have to be approved by the other sibling, the survivor's sibling um, for the payment for those grandkids. So that's one way that we can rectify. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Brian didn't get to everything he wanted to today, but we ran out of time. So we've got to wrap this up. Don't forget, you can get the free toolkit, the Decker Approach book, the Three Principles book, the Checklist Challenge, and the Sample Income Plan plan for free by calling 833-707-3030 or just going to the website and and clicking on the buttons there to get it, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Now, there's a lot of moving parts. I keep saying you need to be proactive, not reactive. And if you'd like to sit down and actually get this estate plan in place for you and your family, 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. Glad you're with us today. Have a great week. We're going to be back again next week with more Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Decker Retirement Planning offers insurance services. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. That accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.